0: This episode of Better in the Dark is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblepodcast.com slash betterinthedark. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Sign up for a free 14-day trial, including a free download of your first book just for trying out their service. Some of the available titles include Writers of the Purple Sage, The Restored Edition by Zane Gray, Tokyo Year Zero by David Pierce, and The Girls of Murder City, Fame, Lust, and the Beautiful Killers Who Inspired Chicago by Douglas Perry. So after you finish listening to BITD, why don't you go to www.audiblepodcast.com slash betterinthedark and get your free audiobook today. If you want to make motion pictures, you should make them because you love making motion pictures. If you want to make money... Go into real estate, become a venture capitalist, uh, become a bank robber, do anything else. Don't go into films to make money. You can say I would like to make money, but I also love making pictures. This is my life's career. We all feel better in the dark. We all feel better. We all feel better in the dark. We all feel better in the dark.
1: Oh, are you taking the piss? Yeah. I'm fuck you up. Oh man, I'm gonna fucking kill you. He's a funny guy. He's a funny guy. But he's great. You know, he looks like a guy he wakes up in the morning, he reaches down, there's a bucket full of two cars. Right, he pops right. And he's chewing it while he's walking to the bathroom. Bringing the noise since 07. Yeah. The BK wait all day with these two. DJ and Ferguson here to teach you. Death traps on a sure way to kill. And even Raquel not now, never will boys don't play, bring on all flicks, if you ain't coming with it, they will tell you that it's ish, great, great man, you will get applause, and when we say bell, everybody please pause. Clyde Barker, the musicals The man with the S to the Disney Unusual Duck and cover when Tom's on the rant Or oh, please sing along Cause you know that they can't <laughs> So this one goes out to you and yours And all the great members of the message boards They call me B- and it's time to start Cause we all feel better, better in the dark
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I think the key thing is the creation Of that childhood moment of horror I think you have to take on adult. And bring him
0: back to his infancy, to recreate for him uh, what's frightening. That's why in so many horror films you have a dark house, you have the storming of light, stormy night, you have the lightning, the thunder. This was an example of where one of my employees did what I tell them to do, which is when I'm wrong, say, Roger, you are wrong. Until we get back in touch with you. Go rock that movie. Right, Davin? Go watch that movie. Oye, oye, oye. Be it known to all within the sound of our voices that Director's Court is now in session.
1: Presiding
0: over this court
1: is the Honorable Thomas D.J. and the Honorable Derek Ferguson. Standing, standing
0: before, before us, us today, today for summary judgment, Roger Corman. Corman. And if that's not an indicator that court is in session yet again, here on the Summer of Fun of Better in the Dark, I don't know what is. Oye, oye,
1: hey, oye. oye. Here we are again with Roger Corbin standing before right. us. Well, we have him sitting down in a comfortable Yeah, chair yeah, we have him sitting on. down because this is a great, great... Great, great, great man. man yes, that, you I think it's the most greats we've ever used for a person. But it's well deserved. Oh, yes, it is. Because Roger Corman, if anybody deserves to be called a legend mm-hmm. in Hollywood, in the movie industry, it is Roger Corman, a man who both you and I mm-hmm. think doesn't get enough credit from. How shall I put this? The casual moviegoer who may have heard of his name, yes. or younger moviegoers who have heard of him and just dismiss him as oh, one of those old guys that right. used to make movies way back in the day. Roger Corman was recently honored with a Lifetime Achievement Academy Award at a special dinner that they had for a number of other notable people. The only
0: problem I had with that was that I felt it should have been televised. Yes, agreed. Because Roger Corman you know, Before we continue that. forward, we just want to remind people that this episode of Better in the Dark, has. do all the episodes from here on in, are brought to you by Audible.com. Yay! Who offer to you, the listeners of Better in the Dark, part of Better in the Dark Nation, a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you the chance to check out their service. And I was doing a little looking, and here's a book that is pertinent to what we're going to talk about today, On this episode, Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, How the Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll Generation Saved Hollywood by Peter Biskin, which is also the source of a very excellent documentary about this particular period in American motion picture history. But
1: Tom, how do I get to audible.com to get this free
0: download? Funny you should ask that. You just go to audiblepodcast.com slash betterinthedark. And that will take you to the Audible.com website, where you can then sign up and experience the free trial. Wow, Tom, you mean it's just that easy? <laughs> it's that easy, Derek. Moly hoses, Tom. I'm going to go do that right after I listen to this episode of Better in the you Dark. You do so. Just remember, it's www.audiblepodcast.com slash Dark. So... Why do we have Roger Corman here? We have Roger Corman because he is... How many grace did I give him? Four? I think you gave him four. I think that's the most grace you've ever given anybody today. And what the hell?
1: I like Roger Corman. Mm -hmm. I just like him, period. I've seen him in a bunch of numerous interviews, notably uh, show that I've mentioned many times before that's hosted by John Pabreau the director of the Iron Man movies Table for Five Table for Five there was one amazing episode that Roger Corman was on there it's just fascinating just to listen to him talk and relate stories of Hollywood and how he makes movies and how he gets movies made Roger Corman has bragged several times and I believe that
0: this is fact he's never lost money on a movie well let's do like we always do on Director's Court we're going to give you a brief biography of the gentleman. Roger Corman was born on April 5th, You're going to get this right if we have to sit here all day, mister. He was born in Detroit, Michigan, the son of Anne and Walter Corman, an engineer. His brother Gene Corman has also produced numerous films, sometimes in collaboration with Roger. He possesses an industrial engineering degree from Stanford University, of all things. He would produce at the height of his power, mm-hmm. first with American International Pictures. Then, with two companies that he founded himself, New World and New Concord. Okay. At the height of his career, he would produce up to seven films a year. Hmm. He has noteworthy for producing films very quickly. The fastest film he ever produced, which is a film that he did on a bet. Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. The, the original 1960s. one. This is the original one, folks. Yes. He made a bet that he could shoot an entire feature film in less than three days. And won the bet. He is notorious for making the most of what he had to work with. Mm -hmm. If he rented a set for a month and ended up coming in under schedule, he would then turn to one of his line people, production assistants, assistants, and says, we've got this equipment and we've got a haunted house for three days. Here's Boris Karloff. He owes me a movie. Make a movie movie. And what we got was stuff like The Terror The Terror Target And in fact, if you go back to the biographies of many great men in Hollywood Who emerged during the 70s They owe their careers to Roger Corman
1: And on that note Now mind you, this is just some of the people Who have openly acknowledged their career to Roger Corman We've got Francis Ford Coppola Whose first movie for Roger Corman was a horror movie called Dementia 13. And of course, he went mm-hmm. on to do the Godfather trilogy and Apocalypse Now. Martin Scorsese. Whose first movie for Roger Corman was
0: Boxcar Bertha Right
1: Which was made for less than half a million bucks
0: Ron Howard Who had this vision of doing these little car chase movies Yeah Well, the only person who believed him was Roger Corman And those movies And one of these days, and I've talked about this I'd like to do an episode about those early Ron Howard films I believe his first one was Grand Theft Auto Grand which Theft Auto, is yes. Most people think of him for hot coffee Yeah But uh, Peter Bogdanovich
1: mm-hmm. Jonathan Demi. Gail Ann Hurd, who's not a director. She's worked right. as a producer, She's a producer and as a writer. Joe jo- Dante. John Sayles. James Cameron. Monty Hellman. Mm-hmm. Paul Bartell. Nicholas Rogue. Jack Nicholson. Peter Fonda. Bruce Stern. Dennis mm-hmm. Hopper. Talia Shire. Robert De Niro. And David Carradine. Who... Said, and this is a direct quote It's almost as though you can't have a career in this business Without having passed through Roger's hands For at least a moment And folks,
0: that's just a partial list Of the people who owe their careers To Roger Corman Mm -hmm. Now I want to point this out here Even though this is a Director's Court episode I don't consider Roger Corman to be a great director he is a good director, but he's not a great he's a director. Good,
1: he's a competent director. Yeah, he's
0: not a great director. I think that his true talent lies in, A, being able to spot talent Absolutely. in their most nascent form, and, two, his ability to convey Information to these people To turn them into People who range From being very good To being in the case Of somebody like Scorsese Or Coppola Or Demi Truly great men
1: Right Martin Scorsese And I've seen interviews Mm -hmm. Where he talks about Roger Corman He says Roger Corman Taught me how to make a movie He said make it fast Make it Mm -hmm. efficient
0: And make it good I mean, I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with me, that arguably the shining gem in his crown as a director is the Edgar Allan Poe series, the oh, loosely based yeah. ser- series of adaptations he did throughout the 60s. Oh, sure, starring on Good Friend Vincent Price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the Pit and the Pendulum. Yes, Pit in the Pendulum, the Tomb of Legia. Which the Mask starred, of the Red Death. Mm-hmm. Probably well, the most famous. Which is,
1: yeah, which is probably the best. To me, it's the most atmospheric, and it's the only one, really, that actually comes close to capturing the Poe, because usually what he did with these Poe things, mm-hmm. he He took the title and he took a couple of characters' names and he did a whole story around him, Mm -hmm. like the pit of the pendulum. Now, the Edgar Allan Poe story is very short. In the movie, the actual pit the pendulum sequence where the narrator is tied yeah. to the slab and it's the pendulum that takes up the last ten fifteen minutes of the movie. Yes. There's like eighty minutes
0: before that mm-hmm. that's got a plot that he just made well, up. One out of the, the whole things plot. that Corman used to like to do is bolt another short story on. Like in the Mask of the Red Death, mm-hmm. there's a subplot which is the story Hop Frog with the little jester guy. Yeah, and he also had a great love of literature. He loved H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he tried to introduce. Lovecraftian stories into film, but he did it in a sneaky way in that he was like, okay, well, let me take a uh, title from an Edgar Allan Poe poem and put it on this adaptation of The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, which resulted in, of course, The Haunted Palace. The Haunted Palace, right. Also, I think something else we should point out is that Roger Corman was instrumental, if not in developing or creating certain genres Definitely developed them into popularity. The biker film. The biker movies, right. And without the biker film, we would not have had Dennis Hopper. Mm. Dennis Hopper would have probably have been some character actor slaving away in some level of know it mm-hmm.
1: Well, Dennis Hopper did have a career before he met yes, Roger Forman. but like he was just like a minor supporting character. Mm-hmm. I think... Probably the biggest roles He had up until that time Until he hit it big With Nancy Ryder Was Rebel Without a Cause
0: And he was in Giant Right Plus there were like A couple other things There's this really Excellent Curtis Harrington Film called Night Tide But yeah Having the belief Of AIP Which at that time Was Corman And James Nicholson Right Having that belief in him Spurred him to do Easy Rider And turned him into A major star And I think
1: it's worth Mentioning that
0: AIP was a studio
1: That Of course now The drive-in Is
0: nothing like it used to be And yeah. it's even dwindling Even Less more. than 150 drive-ins Left in this country That's something that is Truly unique to America yeah. And it's dying out
1: And I keep Saying to Patricia Because she's never been To a drive-in in her life And I've been to a drive-in Twice in my life And I keep saying I'm going to take her to one Before they're all gone but AIP That was their primary Outlet They were supplying All of these drive-ins right. Throughout the Southwest With these horror movies And these biker movies right. And whatever was hot At
0: the moment That's what Roger Corman Was doing yeah. Cheapo science fiction movies Well let me give you A partial list Of some of the films That directed Have at it sir First film was Swamp Women Starring Beverly Garland Alright Swamp Women Okay then we get The Day the World Ended Which if I remember correctly Is the thing with The big goofy monster Hanging outside The cabin at the end Of the world It conquered the world the world mm-hmm. the famous giant zucchini monster Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not of this earth mm-hmm. attack of the crab monster here's a mouthful the saga of the viking women and their voyage to the waters of the great sea serpent machine gun kelly teenage caveman a bucket of blood house of usher last woman on earth Tower of London, The Intruder, the only film that he claims he didn't make a profit on, although he didn't lose money on it. William Shatner started in that one. Yes, based not. on a novel by Charles Beaumont, it only broke even. Oh, okay. The Haunted Palace, which we mentioned. The Mask of the Red Death, which we mentioned. The Wild Angels. The Trip. Have you ever seen that, The Wild Angels? No, I haven't seen The Wild Ooh, Angels. Ooh, yeah, that's a trippy movie. That's with Peter Fonda. Yes. And his last two films, which were about 20 years apart, which is interesting, Von Rickenhofen and Brown, Mm -hmm. which is a World War II epic about the Red Baron, and Frankenstein Unbound, which was one of the last pictures I think got a theatrical release from New World Pictures that he was involved with. Because I remember seeing that on 42nd Street, Mm -hmm. based
1: on a novel, very good novel by Brian Aldiss. Frankenstein Unbound is a very good movie If you haven't seen it yet folks It stars John Hurt It's a completely different take on the Frankenstein story as John Hurt Plays Mm -hmm. a scientist that goes back in time And he runs into Mary Shelley And he falls in love with her he just thinks that she's just a writer writing a story However, he right. finds out in the next town over There's a Victor Von Frankenstein yeah. that lives over there And Victor Frankenstein is reading this book How I did it <laughs> You know <laughs> and So we know what he's doing over there yeah. So John Hurt is trying Well, wait a minute I thought it was a fictional character So he gets involved with the shenanigans Of what yeah. Victor
0: Von Frankenstein And it's a very good movie As producer, some of the great films that he produced Including, we talked about Easy Rider for a bit Rock and Roll High School. I love this. One of your favorites. Yeah, I'm I love this film. And one of the things I love about it is, is the absolutely insane postulation that the Ramones are at the center of the universe. Yeah. Death Race Two Thousand. Oh, which is An damn. early film directed by the highly quirky director who I absolutely adored, Paul Bartell Paul Bartel. Yeah. Later would go on to produce the classic indie film Eating Raoul. And this movie Not only
1: stars David Carradine But it has Sylvester Stallone One of his earliest movie Mm -hmm. roles Sylvester Stallone plays The 1930s Right Style guy Who has the machine guns He has the Thompson machine guns On his
0: car Yeah Caged Heat And here we go As we said Roger Corman If not created Developed And brought into popularity A number of genres Cage Teeth One of the first Of the Women in Prison Women in Prison
1: Movie Yeah yeah. Which was Very popular In the 70's For y'all guys Who don't know There was a whole Subgenre Of these Women in Prison Movies Which usually Had the same Plot It was some Hapless innocent Who was accused Of a crime That they didn't do And they got Thrown into a prison With all of these Wild women (laughs) That were usually And trust me They were wild
0: And also One of these Earliest Even
1: Pam Grimm Was the one Pam Pam Grimm was the one This this is
0: an example of how, when we say that Corman had an eye for talent, he had an eye for talent. Mm -hmm. Pam Greer came to New World Productions, has an office temp to be their receptionist, Yeah, and Corman saw something in her. And said, we're shipping some people off to the Philippines to do a movie. Would you like to do a movie? And the rest is history. Yeah. A she, great American icon was created. She did Black Mama, White Mama.
1: Mm-hmm. She did one called The Cage. What was the one she did when she was a Roman gladiator? The Arena. The Arena. Oh, love. Oh, and it's Woo. a shame
0: that The Arena is not on DVD right now. The day it comes to mm-hmm. DVD, I'm there. <laughs> the thing about The Arena was it was a film that was... Created because Black Mama, White Mama was so successful. It was such a big hit, yeah. And
1: I remember because every red-blooded male in America went to see the arena more than once when it was out. Did I sneak into the movies to say that? I believe I did. But I was pretty tall for my age, even back then, so I was able to... Yeah. And if you're wondering why we're making such a big deal about it, folks, it's because, let's be honest about it, this movie snuck
0: in as much nudity as it could get away with. Yeah. Oh, it was a Nubian princess. was a Nubian princess, princess, yeah. I can't remember the name of the actress. I mean,
1: you had near-naked women fighting with swords and tridents and nets and swords in an in, in arena and this was like a sword and sandal movie only with the woman in prison. Oh, only with
0: female gladiators. Right. It's an insane film and it just I don't understand why it's not out on DVD, especially given It's criminal. Margaret Markov, that's the name of the actress. They were so successful together in Black Mama, White Mama that they decided to put them together in this second film, also known as Naked Warriors. Naked because Warriors. Cars, yeah, because they were naked most of the time. They were and naked and they were warriors. They were naked most of the time. <laughs> But this is why, and I'm sure you're in agreement here, we think this man's honoring this year was long overdue.
1: Oh, absolutely. Corny should have got an Academy Award. But I'm glad that they gave it to him when he was still alive, and they didn't wait till the guy dropped dead. And then they popped up and said, okay, now we're going to give him an honorary No, give these people these awards while they are still alive. I got into a big argument with plenty of people. Remember when Heath Ledger passed yeah. away and there was this big push? They said, oh, they ought to give him the Academy Award for Best Performance. And I was saying, no, because... One, he's dead. Mm -hmm. And two, what is his family going to do with it except put it up for auction on eBay in a couple of years when they need the money? If you want to do something for the man, provide for his daughter's college education. Come on. Give the award to somebody that's still alive and can appreciate it and can have a couple of years holding on to it and masturbating with it. Okay, then they die, and then the family can do what they want. Of course,
0: I was vilified, and people say, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Part of it is, of course, far too often, and we've we've touched upon this in in past episodes, the public consciousness is only 20 years old. And as such, anything that happened before 1980, they don't want to care about it. They don't want to care. They they probably don't even know what Archer Corman looks like. We should probably also mention there are also these directors who were inspired by him, even though they had no direct contact, like a certain Quentin Tarantino who's appeared before this court before. People who grew up watching. The...
1: But didn't he have him do a cameo in one of his movies? Because Roger Corman has done plenty of cameos in plenty of these movies. Matter of fact, he even had a couple of lines of dialogue in Silence
0: of the Lambs, directed yeah. by uh, Jonathan Demi. Yes, I do know that.
1: He worshipped
0: Roger oh, Corman. Jonathan Demme would not have had a career without, for obvious reasons. He was in Gremlins. I know he was in Silence of the Lambs. I'm pretty sure
1: he was in uh, Tarantino Mood. I okay, can't think of which looking...
0: one. Roger Corman's The Phantom Eye, The Practice, Silence of the Lambs. No, it doesn't seem that way. It is, he has a, This looks like he's not been in... But he has done plenty of cameos in other people's movies. Mm -hmm. My gosh, look at this. Almost 400 films he's produced. And the other thing I want to point out, which a lot of people don't realize, is that we think of him for these really low-rent B-movies. People don't realize how much he tried to expose world cinema. To the masses mm-hmm. How he would bring in These controversial films From uh, other countries Right Granted some of them Were also exploitation And everybody remembers Shogun Assassin Shogun Assassin Yes Which was that kind of Mixtape of the best Of the Baby Car in the River six films Yeah Lone Wolf and Cub But there's just So much Stuff For those of you otaku out there You anime fans Who whine and whine about Oh anime This is like the first time I think we've ever Actually mentioned anime Except for Cowboy Bebop Mm. He brought a couple of anime To the United States Oh
1: yeah well he did Well
0: Galaxy Express 999 He brought in 1979 For a theatrical run
1: Roger Corman People don't
0: understand Something
1: about him They say oh yeah well He made all of these Exploitation movies Mm. At the core of Any kind of creative business Whether it be Movies or books or comics mm-hmm. or music You have that level of exploitation That pretty much supports How shall I put this The more artistic type of things So you have a Roger Corman who directed Produce maybe like A dozen movies A year And you say Okay yeah Well he's a hack But you know something This way he could Finance something That may have been A little bit more High end A little Mm -hmm. bit more Expensive than What he was used to And the director Could take a little Bit more time Doing that That's a practice That now A lot of directors And a lot of Movie Mm -hmm. studios Do that Why do you think They finance movies Like Daybreak and Legion. Because right. they know these exploitation movies that are going to bring in money. This way they can say, okay, well, now we can finance something that we're going to promote as an Oscar-winning right. movie. This was a Roger Corman business practice,
0: folks, that was adopted by the rest of the industry. For every Deathstalker, and forbidden world that he financed, mm-hmm. he then financed, like Penelope Spears' earliest film, Suburbia. There you go. For every... Chopping Mall And Sorority House Massacre He financed He then would turn around And finance something like Beyond Therapy The adaptation of the Christopher Durang play There you go Because like you said earlier Very perceptively I might he was,
1: add He was a fan of literature Yeah He was a very well read man mm-hmm. If you've ever heard him speak He's thrown off literary references right. Left and right And you can tell He knows what he's talking about. He's not just saying this just to make himself sound smarter than he is. He's an
0: incredibly intelligent man. Just by the fact that he's made over 300 movies, I think, you said? I've got listing in terms of production. He's produced 389 films. And only lost money on one? He's never lost money. He broke even. He never lost money on anything he's made. He has directed 56. He has acted in 33. He wrote 6. Including the original Fast and the Furious Now you
1: name me Another director
0: That can boast A track record like that
1: Look at how long This list goes on. This is just Staggering staggering. Yeah You name me Any other director Who can boast A track record he has And then Don't tell me, oh, yeah, well, he's just another half. And he
0: was also something of a pioneer in original programming for Cable. He did these packages where he would take these titles from his old 50s drive-in movies and give them to new directors. Now, granted, some of the stuff that resulted, like, for example, I still have vivid nightmares every once in a while of the Larry Clark Teenage Caveman. I was a Teenage Caveman? Yeah. There was a package, I don't remember what he called it, where he took a number of his classic films. The She-Creature day the world ended earth versus the spider and one of them was teenage caveman and gave them to modern day directors he gave larry clark teenage caveman that was a train wreck no oh, well i've never seen that
1: he would make these movies one story that i heard i don't know how true it is is that he would go ahead and he would green light a movie and start shooting just based on the title somebody yeah. would come in and say i got a great title for you roger he said okay what is it i was a teenage werewolf okay great here you go. idea here's hundred thousand dollars you start shooting on Monday. Right. <laughs> the guy would come in front. This poor schlub would have to go
0: and bang out a screenplay <laughs> over the weekend because he didn't have a screenplay, he just had a title. Or based on a uh, piece of uh, promotional art somebody comes yeah, up with. Yeah. That's what I heard the Earth versus the Giant Spider. That's yeah. what it was based on. It was based on the poster. poster that like, Look was what it. what I got here.
1: He called up a writer Listen, I need a screenplay by Monday. Can you yep. do it And the push schlopers Sit there all week long With Benzedrine and caffeine And yep. <laughs> knock himself out Right in the
0: screenplay We do want to Once again emphasize That we're not saying That every one of these films Are deathless classics Okay let's
1: be honest here A lot of it was just Simply prop Drive-ins Needed something Friday night For the kids to come Who weren't going to Watch it anyway They were going to Spend their time Trying to get into A little Mary Jane Rock- yeah. Crotch's pants They needed something that They could charge Admission mm. to A lot of it
0: was product But some of it Like some of the Edgar Allan Poe stuff yeah. Was very good it was obvious When you look at The Edgar Allan Poe film That this was one Something that he Really believed in Mm-hmm. And he put his full weight behind Right Even like the ones like The Raven Which were tongue firmly in cheek He really cared about What they looked like And how they yeah. were presented You
1: could tell he put A little bit more money And in, thought into it through. I enjoyed some of them Biker films too Like The Wild Angels I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier With Peter Fonda, Which is a really true And have you ever seen The Trip? One of the first The freak out films yeah. Right Which was another one With Peter Fonda Where he takes acid That's what the movie Is about Him wandering around Los Angeles While he's on this LSD trip I believe that was Either written or directed by, I'm not sure Jack Nicholson Had something to do with that He might have even yeah. Been in that movie too But I think that was One of the movies That he
0: did Because he directed Part of the terror It was uh-huh. credited To somebody else Is that the one Where the rumor Has always been That Laura Dern Was conceived on the set Oh, okay. that I didn't hear. There is a scene where Bruce Stern's character is making out with, is it Diane Ladd? You're
1: talking about Wild Angels, yeah.
0: okay, yeah, that I heard. Because her mother's Diane Ladd,
1: yes. And Diane Ladd is in that movie. Yes, yes and they have a scene in a car. Right. Well she plays Bruce Dern's girlfriend yeah. in the movie And they were going out at the time Bruce Dern is this guy that's trying to go straight He used to belong to the biker right. gang that's led by Peter Fonda And he's trying to clean his act up But he just drawn back into the biker right. life Against his girlfriend's wishes Now I know what you're talking about The terror was the one with Jack Nicholson As plays As the French officer Yeah we can believe Jack Nicholson is a French soldier <laughs> And he comes to the castle where Boris Karloff And our old friend Dick Miller Plays the servant Mm -hmm. And there's this mysterious girl Wandering around there And Jack Nicholson is trying to find her He kind of bullies his way Into the castle Even though Boris Karloff tells him You're not welcome here Mm -hmm. Leave and go Well I'm a French officer And I claim the hospitality of this castle And all this Mm -hmm. other crap That's what it is Jack Nicholson running around Trying to find this girl That keeps appearing and disappearing Through the whole movie But that's the movie they said That even though it was credited To somebody else
0: Jack Nicholson well, yeah, actually, supposedly he, actually directed He that. started directing it and then allowed Jack Nicholson to take over for the last two days. Yeah. Now this was one of these, got four days to shoot a yeah. movie, go make it, a movie.
1: Yeah, they shut the damn thing like a week, because there was like a lot of stock mm-hmm. footage. The stock footage that was left over from it, as you well know, yeah. was used in the movie Targets, directed well, by Peter Bogdanovich.
0: This is something AIP was famous for, taking its old footage and putting it elsewhere. In fact, back in an early episode, we talked about the last horror films of, of vincent price mm-hmm. we talked about a film called madhouse all of the footage of vincent price's characters horror films were excerpts from from previous aip films right yeah it's a heady ride there so what's he doing these days roger Corman? well he's doing he's, a lot of siffy stuff i guess he's pretty
1: much yeah right he's making a lot of those he's still turning out movies right. that we see
0: on dino, dino shark dino shark <laughs> Sharktopus <laughs> Road Raiders did he do the one and I want to see this movie
1: the one where the giant shark jumps out of the water and bites the 747 in half that
0: one I don't know is that mega shark that's mega shark isn't that mega shark versus giant octopus I want to see that <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that shit I'm sorry yes I do <laughs> I want to see a shark jump out the water and bite the 747 <laughs> <in> half. <laughs> He's also been experimenting with online content okay. He produced a online television program called Splatter Which was released in 2009 Much like Stan Lee Stan Lee, I was about to yeah. say that
1: Probably the closest person that we could describe him to That modern day fans would probably
0: mm-hmm. be able to relate to Doubly so because when you think of Marvel, who do you think of? Stan Lee Stan Lee, right, right. Many of these films You don't think of Jonathan Demi Or Alan Arkish Or Any of the people Who are actually involved You think of Roger Corman you think of Roger It's a Corman. Roger Corman film It's a Roger
1: Corman film Matter of fact I just watched A Roger Corman film The other night It was on Turner Classic Movies mm-hmm. The Secret Invasion Which was a low Budget Dirty Dozen mm-hmm. We ought to mention That was something else That Roger Corman did If there was another movie right. That was in a theater That hit big He would turn out a low rent version of it. So, this movie, instead of having a dirty dozen, he had a dirty half dozen. Right. Including Mickey Rooney as an Irish terrorist, (laughs) if you could believe this. Henry Silva was in this movie Stuart yeah. Granger And that's what it was It was a low rent It wasn't the dirty Does. It was yeah, the dirty exactly. half dozen Star
0: Wars makes Science fiction popular again And so what happens comes. I don't know if we've ever Talked about this film before One of the grungiest Nastiest science fiction films ever Battle Beyond the Stars Galaxy of Terror Oh, the one way the woman gets raped by the giant slug. Not just any woman. Erin Moran from Joanie Loves Jackson yeah. gets raped by a, giant by a giant slug. Rips off her clothes, and he goes to work on it too. When I was a kid in junior high school, that's what everybody was talking about the following month. Yeah, yep. You ask them anything else about the rest of the movie, they couldn't tell you, but they remembered that she got raped by the giant slug. <laughs> But once again, even here, you, like Galaxy of Terror and Forbidden World. Forbidden World is the one where the giant monster gets killed because the dying scientist feeds him his cancerous liver. Yeah. For every one of those, you've got something like, remember Android? Which became something of a cult classic for Isn't a while. that Didn't that start the Playboy model? The yeah. one that got killed? Oh no, that's Galaxina you're thinking of Dorothy Stratton Dorothy Stratton, yes Which was finally released posthumously Okay Well, Android well, It was like an art film almost But you. I remember Battle Beyond the Star That was the Magnificent Seven knockoff
1: Yes was no, it, Robert Vaughn. Sorry, Robert Vaughn. Pretty much playing the same role he did in Magnificent Seven, he played in that one too. Mm hmm. Sybil Danning was in that one. But yeah, but it was Magnificent Seven in space. android was Klaus Kinski. It was something, of, oh, you know, something okay. of a
0: cult classic. Who's a weirdo in his own right. Oh, okay. We just did for uh, movies about girls recently a film called, among other things, Asylum Erotica. Mm hmm. It's about a insane asylum for. Wealthy women And one of the head doctors Is Klaus Kinski As I put it on that episode I'm sorry But if Klaus Kinski Is one of your head doctors at this is You know You're, you're not going to get well Yeah <laughs> You do not want to go there That's like If you walk into a
1: restaurant And Klaus Kinski Is the head waiter yes. You go to McDonald's It's not going to end well but he's a strange guy. That he goes between these really yeah. high art movies where he's working with these really high art directors, mm-hmm. and then he'll turn around and he'll do some utter drat. Yeah. <laughs> and he don't care. He's a really interesting guy. As weird as he is, he's somebody that I'd love to sit down and just talk to <laughs> and just say,
0: "What goes Have on in you your head?" Read Kinski's biography. No, I have not. Was, I didn't even it, know he had one. It was only out for a short time. There was some problems with some libel, and it got pulled. Mm-hmm. But the thing I remember most clearly is the rather graphic time where he talked about as a young man on his father's farm. Whenever he would get horny, he would screw the cows.
1: I can see that. <laughs> yes, I can. Klaus Kinski. Yeah, sure. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that's the
0: least of what he screwed on that farm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm damn sure that's the Speaking of biographies yes. And we're jumping All over the place here folks But don't worry about it Go with it Pam Greer's got a biography Out now too. Oh okay. Called Foxy So if anybody's A Pam Greer fan Out there like me You can pick that up too I want to get that But I'm going to look For this Klaus Kinski right. Biography too Because I'd like to read it Because the guy he, And he's a guy That does these crazy movies And he looks like He's actually crazy Yeah Like I've seen Aguirre Wrath of God Where he put that one And I've seen the one Where he played the guy That drags the whole Steamboat up the side of a mountain Fitzgerald There you go That was the famous movie that supposedly The director, he pulled the gun on him And yeah. told him if he walked off the set he was going to shoot him dead Yeah, because he was notorious so This was a Herzog Yeah, Werner Herzog. Herzog. Yeah, Herzog And yeah. Werner
0: Herzog was Klaus Kinski's best friend Werner Herzog was like Klaus Kinski's Martin I was about to say that They were like Martin Scorsese yeah. and Robin uh, De Niro, De Niro. Yeah. And they still trying to get anything To get her to get Kinski to do anything for him was like pulling teeth. Yeah.
1: No, he was going to walk off the set. Mind you, now this was a movie that he had wasted all of this film because David mm-hmm. Bowie was playing the part first. And David Bowie walked off the movie because he mm-hmm. said, this is a bunch of bullshit. Been out in this jungle for three, four months already. So he had to scrap all of that footage that he had shot. And fly in Klaus Kinski. Then they film it for another three or four months. And Klaus Kinski said, this is a bunch of bullshit. I'm going to leave. And Herzog pulled the gun. said, if you leave,
0: take one more step and we'll shoot you dead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, he's had an interesting career. Just looking at the trivia page here, mm-hmm. the a running gag in Hollywood was that Corman could negotiate the production of a film on a payphone, shoot the film in the booth, and finance it with the money in the change slot. Enviable reputation to have. Yeah. If you look at all these actors, let's talk, we've talked a lot about the directors. Let's talk about some of the actors that he okay. gave me. Charles Bronson. We okay, yeah. about Jack Nicholson. Robert De Niro mm-hmm. And in fact This is the beginning Of that beautiful friendship Isn't it? Isn't he he's In Bloody Mama, right? Yeah, I believe That was the first thing He was in That was done by Martin Scorsese Bloody Mama Right
1: Because Martin Scorsese did, I think he did Two or three movies yeah. For Roger Corman Before he did Mean Streets And right. that's where Really where what we think of as the great Scorsese De Niro collaborations
0: really began, and that's where his career kind of took off. We talked about Stallone, mm-hmm. David Carradine, which became kind of like the face of New World Pictures for a while. Oh yeah, he had a number yeah. of those films. Mm-hmm. Sonny. And Death Race 2000 That was a cult classic For a long time Before it was Bastardized
1: The recent remake Which I didn't even Bother seeing, Even though it had One of our favorite actors in it. Right
0: Jason Straight. Well the problem with The Death Race remake Was that it seemed like It took everything out of it And turned it into A generic action film
1: If you go too far And we've said this before mm-hmm. And folks you know If you've been listening to this You know we, me and Thomas Said this If you go too far From the source material Then mm-hmm. it's Becomes something new. It's a new animal now. Very interesting conversation I was having last night, I guess, hosted on Rick Croxton. He does right. Bookhave and he's starting up this new comic themed podcast. And I was talking to him last night. Forgive the digression, yeah. folks, but you know we do this. We were talking about distinguished Spider Man, this African American actor who is on the NBC TV yeah. series community, and he's a very funny guy. And it's a very funny show And he wants to audition Somehow the story got bastardized And it says that Oh he said well I should be Spider-Man Because Spider-Man can be played by a black guy And he said well I never said that I said I just want to audition for it Of course the internet got it all twisted Mm -hmm. backwards So me and Rick was talking about that And he asked me my opinion on it And I said yes I am black If you make Spider-Man black Then it's not Spider-Man I'm sorry it's not Spider-Man anymore we went on to, well, what's the difference between that and Nick Fury being played by a black guy? Well, know, the difference is
0: is that there was a version of Nick Fury that predates casting Nick Fury as right. Samuel L. Jackson, where he was a black man. Right, exactly.
1: In every iteration of Spider-Man that we've seen, right. he's been played as... A Caucasian Now if they did The ultimate version As a black guy Well go ahead And make a Spider-Man movie Do the ultimate version right. And okay I got no problem with that But you've been sticking To the traditional Spider-Man All this time Why just change the character Just to change him You don't just change A character right. like that Just to change him And sometimes I'm sorry folks But that's the way it is A person Ethnic background Is what Defines them and is what makes them. If you change to Spider Man, make a boy then I'm sorry, it's a different character from Peter uh-huh. Parker. Call him, I don't know, Paulie Shore or whatever, but he's not Peter Parker. Nancy. Anymore. Okay, yeah. There you go. Name him after the Spider-God Right, the Spider-God From African men Okay, that's what you do You create a character That's like Spider-Man But that's my comment on that yes. And going back to Death Race 2000 When I saw The trailers for it I said, well, that's not Death Race right. 2000 This is something Kind of
0: like the way I look at the Jonah Hex trailers these days In fact, that's I not Jonah
1: face. I mean, that's not Jonah Hex It's yeah. a
0: Jonah Hex Right In fact, our good friend Scott Gardner Over at Two True Freaks Pointed out something Which is, it took him a while To figure it out But the origin that Jonah Hex now has mm-hmm which is, uh, there's no resemblance to the origin in the comics, mm-hmm. It's the Long Ranger's origin. Okay, yeah, you pointed that out to yeah. me the other
1: night, and when you thought about it, I said, yeah, you're right. But when you go too far, like, for instance, the Heath Ledger Joker, was it a brilliant performance? Yes, it was. But I don't think it's the Joker. I think it's right, a Joker, Joker right. but it's not the Joker, because it's going too far from the source material. Mm-hmm. It's not the traditional Joker, and unless you have... The essence of what made that book Or that movie right. Or that character work Then you might as well give the character Book or movie a new name Which is right. why the Death Race two thousand They should have called it something else They took the name just for the recognition Murder right. Hyundais I, now, see, that ought to have gone to sleep. Just for the title. Hyundai. Murder Hyundai. Hmm. Where's my.
0: Where's my 1050? Let me go check this out. Oh, yes. Okay. Are we going to be putting that on our list of scripts we got to write? No, because we've already got
1: two that we've nowhere near even got close <laughs> to starting yet. Although I do have an idea in mind
0: for crazy babysitting tours. Yeah. See, there are two actresses who, they were born in the 60s, would have been working
1: for Roger Corman. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, Corman. Would have loved the
0: lecture in Oh he would have loved, loved, oh, loved them too He would have been like Oh this is like Dream come true And
1: if you don't know Who we're talking about Shame on you And go to the Hottie Hall of okay, Fame A. That's right You'll
0: see exactly the Who we're talking, we're talking about, about. But he seems like He's not ready to stop Anytime soon he slowed down a bit Now it seems like He's only doing like Two or three films A year as opposed to Seven or eight But I'm glad We still got him here And I'm glad He's still
1: making films And both Tom and I Urge you The next time That you don't have Anything to do And you want to know What you should Netflix well, just go on and just type in Roger Corman mm-hmm. and look at what's on there. One thing that I think you can agree with me on, yeah. that if you're going to start with Corman, start with the Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. Yes, sure.
0: And there's an interesting bit of information here. We've talked a little bit about them being the thing that he had the most passion for. Mm-hmm. In the early 60s, American International gave him money and said, we want you to do one of those black and white Crazy monster shows That you do mm. They wanted him to do A double feature Corman countered With an offer To use the same money To shoot a single feature In color and cinemascope mm. After some negotiation And this is where I always get the impression That Corman knew How to talk a good game Oh sure and unlike certain other people I'm looking at you Omar Vinayak, He knew how to Back that crap up mm-hmm. Lost mechs my ass Omar And so AI Eventually agreed to it And what was resulted Was the House of Usher The first of the Poe films Oh okay Which was a success mm-hmm. That's a good place to start Start with the Poe films Every Halloween here At my house Trisha and I
1: Always watch two movies The mm-hmm. Pit and the Pendulum Right And House on Haunted
0: Hill mm-hmm. Pit and the Pendulum
1: Which is her favorite Pit and the Pendulum and The Mask of the Red Death Are probably my right. two favorites Of the poet. I, mean, I have
0: a softness for the rape I really do
1: It's silly It's stupid It's goofy It's got bad jokes But it's a lot of fun to watch If you're in the right mood to watch it but This is the one with him Peter Lorre And Boris Karloff yeah.
0: Well, both of them And and we've talked about this one In a previous episode The Twilight Joys of Vincent Price mm-hmm. Tales of Terror Is a much more lighthearted view Of Roger Corman Where He's having fun and he's getting in touch with his inner goof, Mm -hmm. and it works a lot. Bad special effects. Yeah, oh, of course. They're meant to be bad special effects, they're not meant to be state of the art. Because I think Corman knew on some level It wasn't the special effects That was bringing people Unlike some people today It's not the special effects That are bringing people It's the drive-in It was The promise of something That they've never seen before Yeah Or something they've always Wanted to see That uh, they've always wanted to see right, right With all of the Nurses films that he did In the 70s mm-hmm. All the sexploitation films Of the, the School teachers and sexy nurses and cheerleaders and stuff. Well, what can I tell you, folks? This is what we had before we had
1: the internet, and we could just download porn anytime we wanted to. (laughs) Instead, we had to go to see Pam Greer in the arena. (laughs) <laughs> In the arena, that's right. <laughs> that's what we had to go see. Sorry, we like the arena, damn it. So so what's the verdict as far as Roger Corman is oh, concerned? Oh,
0: definitely innocent. 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 No the, problem. The movie going public, however.
1: Guilty. Guilty.
0: Guilty? And know what they're guilty of?
1: Ignorant <laughs> Ignoring a great, great man. Ignorance. And I cannot stress it enough, and I know Tom is gonna agree with me one hundred percent. Folks. Research a little bit into the background of the movies Whenever you see somebody like Roger Corman get an award Don't just dismiss him and say, well that's another old that's guy That's corny, that why would him. I want to watch yeah. a corny film like that?
0: Don't just dismiss him as some old guy who, Oh yeah, well he made corny movies way back yeah. when You would not have gotten a Cloverfield or a Jurassic Park If it wasn't for Roger Corman doing The Conquer the World Exactly Or The Creature from the Haunted Sea Exactly Everything at this point is built on something else mm-hmm. And you've got to follow the road backwards A lot of these roads lead to one man Who's still alive and sitting in his office At New Concord Pictures right now Probably planning his latest film Probably involving some giant form of sea life Well, didn't you say he was doing Dino shore? Well Yeah, he was doing some sort of shiny thing shore. I, want to, see I want to see like him branch out to other things I want to see Dino Shore Well, I'm wondering if he's involved with the Piranha remake
1: now, that's a good question. Joe Dante involved in it? Because Joe Dante... Yeah, he, Joe
0: Dante did the first one. James Cameron did it, the second he one. Di- he directed it, and John Sayles wrote the screenplay. Right. For no, the original yeah, John Sayles did a lot of stuff for Corman in the early 70s. Yeah, yeah. And he also directed Alligator for him.
1: Yep, very good movie with old friend Robert Forster. Yep. Looking for an
0: alligator in the sewers. sewers. Yeah. yeah. To you, Mr. Roger Corman, we salute. You are free to go with honor, sir. With and honor. And you guys, read a book. Or listen to one on Audible.com. Okay, so... So I guess it's time for the administration. For the administration, A short one. This week, we occasionally allow to have these little breather episodes. Yeah, we just wanted to acknowledge Roger Corman. Yeah, we wanted to kind of justify it. And make you aware of, if you didn't know, of his
1: significant contribution to
0: the movie industry. And don't be surprised if his name gets brought up again fairly soon, because Derek and I have planned uh, an episode about another great, great man who Mm -hmm. just passed away this weekend. Dennis Hopper, where we're going to talk about his contributions as a director. Yeah, we should mention that at the time that
1: we are recording this, we saw in the space of practically one week, Gary Coleman, Dennis Hopper, and Room Clanahan, they all passed away very tragically, so we offer
0: our heartfelt condolences to their family. Many times it bothers me when people go, oh, what a waste, what a waste, when somebody who had this distinguished career in Hollywood dies at the age of ninety or a hundred. It annoys me because the guy lived a long life.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to get choked up when it's somebody
0: is like eighty Jeremy or ninety. Coleman, I have to admit, is someone I do feel sorry for because this is a guy who never got a chance to live a life.
1: Now that was the definition of a tragic life. All his life he had health issues. His parents stole his money. He had money issues. All I mean, right. this was a guy who and folks. Put yourself in his shoes for a minute Imagine that you're a kid And every time you turn around You're starring in TV movies You've got your own animated series On Saturday morning Mm -hmm. TV You're on t-shirts You're on lunch boxes You're on jelly glasses You got McDonald's Happy Meals You go from that And 20 years later You gotta work as a security guard Mm -hmm. In a mall Tell me that's not tragic All this while battling with serious kidney problems that threatens your life every single day.
0: The sad thing is, Gary Coleman was never quite recovered from that experience. No. He was always a little bit on the paranoid side. Yeah. Even though he got married finally. I remember hearing
1: about two or three months back, Mm -hmm. of course, before he passed away, that he was arrested in... I believe it was in Utah because that's where right. he lived at. He was arrested and he didn't have the money to bail himself out. His own wife wouldn't come bail him out. It was a fan that bailed him out. He said, because he appreciated everything that he had did he said different strokes was my favorite show when I was a kid growing up. And I hated to see Gary Coleman in that position.
0: All his shit, I'd have sent him the money if I'd known about I probably no, would have sent him the money. All her crying and being the weeping widow this week. I look at her with a great deal of suspicion. Oh, she's full of shit.
1: Yeah, I I really do. She pulled the plug on him way too fast. So I don't know why. And I'm serious. I think the cops should be looking a
0: little bit more into his death. I mean, sadly, this is a guy who never got to live his own life because other people were preying on him all All the time. time. I mean, this look is at taking own, a weird turn this episode
1: I mean look at his own parents These are the people that he depends upon And he looks up to to love them and take care of them And they robbed him blind He had nothing left once they ran through
0: all of his money And then they look at him and say Oh well, we need to go play the card." Anyway, we are planning on doing a special episode honoring Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. We're going to focus on the lesser of his two careers, namely his career as a director, starting with Easy Rider, which we've touched upon in this episode. So if you think we're going to do a whole hour in Blue Velvet, uh-uh. No. Get that out of your heads right we now. We wanted to do something that reminded people that it was more than just some guy sucking the oxygen. Exactly.
1: Dennis Hopper had a very, very career before... And after, yeah. So we're going he, to focus on he played Frank Booth.
0: So yes. So we're going to focus on him as a director yeah. on that note. Time for the administrators. So whether you love us, whether you hate us, whether you want to say that Michael Bay is the Roger Corman of our day, in which, case, <laughs> in which case I have no words for you, sir. There are a number of ways you can reach us. You can send us an email to Better in the Dark at. Earth2.net, that's better in the dark, at Earth-2. DotNet. You can join one or both of our message boards. Mm-hmm. The original message board, headed by Eric Frome, can be found at betterinthedark.proboards.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can join the Earth2.net message board, which you go to Earth2.net, you click on forms, which is on the left-hand side of the page. That's right. Take a few minutes, and you're there as a member of the Earth2.net message board and can maybe comment on us.
1: Tell them about it, Tom!
0: You can become our friends on Facebook by joining up and connecting up. We both have Facebook pages. Plus, you you can join the Better in the Dark Facebook group, which is maintained by our own Kellen Conley. Talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And that's where you can get news of upcoming episodes. We occasionally post little uh, articles of information and all that fun stuff. Preach the breach! Both Derek and I have live journals. Derek's is called Derek Ferguson's Notebook.
1: And Thomas's is called
0: Space Monkey
1: Monkey Mafia Uh, Praise Live Journal! (laughs) And if
0: that's not enough you can always go to pulpworkspress.com and order your copy of how the west was weird or you can try to win a copy in our summer o cowboy fun contest which is going on right now where you need to go onto our message board the pro boards message board and submit a 1000 word essay on your favorite cowboy movie or television series or write a thousand-word weird Western tale. And if you are selected as the winner, what you will win the collected graphic
1: novel uh, whole, uh, of Grimjack. Grimjack, which collects how many issues of it does it? Uh, well, I don't have it in front of me. I don't me. have it in the, front of me. Of, yeah, it's basically the the first two years or so. Like the first two yeah. years of Grimjack. Yeah, you will get that. You will get a autographed copy of my first book, Dylan and the Voice of Odin. Mm-hmm. You will also get a copy of the extremely rare Extreme and hard to extremely rare Frontier Publishing Presents, mm-hmm. which has to date the only comic book story featuring my character Dylan. You know, so I was looking through it the other day. Yes. It also has a story in it by Mike McGee and Thomas Jacob of El Gorgo fame. Right. They have a story in there as well. You will also get a copy of How the West Was Weird. The Anthology of Weird Western Stories Tom has a story in there I have a story in there A lot of other incredibly talented people Have stories in there as well Of
0: course if you missed some of this and you want to know more about Better in the Dark Legends and Lore, you just go on to Kelly Loge's excellent Better in the Dark Central site, which can be found at www.bitdsite.com where you can see the archives, a recommended podcast list, our glossary of special terms to know and tell. Hallelujah! And of course, the newly opened and ever expanding Hottie Hall of Fame. Hallelujah! I like that he gave the great Kristen Bell... Her own page And just said Oh yeah Well naturally She's the patron saint Of Better in the Dark (laughs) So there's lots and lots Of stuff going on So
1: that's it For this edition That's it for this edition Better in the Dark We hope that you Have enjoyed
0: This latest edition of Directors Court, and of course, keep sending in those suggestions for future Directors Court. Well, I mean, I think we're next. We're finally going to get next time, probably. It won't be till the fall. We're probably going to finally get to Richard Kelly. Okay, yeah. Who will be, to say the least, an interesting case. Absolutely. So until next time, we're going to bring down the gavel. Bam. Go deep in your video store, find some Roger Corman movies, and go watch them. Go Go see that movie. movie. Good night. Good night. God bless. And I said, Alan, I want to do a fast, funny, hip picture called Disco High. (laughs) And Alan said, Roger, it can't be hip if it's disco. It's got (laughs) to be rock and roll high school. You've been listening to Better in the Dark featuring Thomas E.J. and Derek Ferguson. Special thanks go out to Big Willie and Samurai of the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, Ben and Dan at Mondo Movie, the Joffrey Street Gang of Cool Shite on the Tube, Eric Frome, and the members of the Better in the Dark message board at betterinthedark.proboards.com. Ben in the Dark would have liked to have made arrangements to record this episode on a payphone and record it in the phone booth, but those things just don't exist anymore. Pity. Send all comments, praise, hate mail, love letters, and pipe bombs to Better in the Dark at earth2.net. That's Better in the Dark at earth 2.net. Please vote for us on Podcast Alley, and why not leave a review of us on iTunes? Hey, maybe you can even visit the Better in the Dark central site at www.bitdsite.com. Better in the Dark is a Conspiracy Productions presentation in association with the Earth2.net community of podcasts. All material copyright, Thomas e. J. and Derek Ferguson. Until next time, remember that anytime you go to a business to find Klaus Kinski in charge, the best strategy is to run, run far, far. Fun fun. When Jaws came out, Vincent Canby, the head critic of the New York Times, says, what is Jaws but our big-budget Roger Corman film?